Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to day nine of the French Open and day nine of the French Open daily tennis podcast. Myself, Catherine Whitaker, alongside Matt Roberts. And because yesterday we declared, or rather my father declared, that the French Open was over because Vavrinka Sitsipas couldn't be topped, we had to think, Matt, about what we could do to extend those highs for another day. So I what do we, we do, Matt? It. I think we've managed it. Welcome, Mary Carrillo. Ah, oh, it's very nice. I, I understand you're leaving, Matt. I am leaving. You are the rookie of Roland Garros, and you're leaving anyway. Is yeah. it because... Well, the tournament's over. The tra- <laughs> <laughs> and yet we play on. He's I think timed it's, his run perfectly, Mary. I guess that's true. But here's, what I'm, here's my own private theory about why Matt is leaving. They keep watering these courts, and the grass isn't coming up. So he's just going back to England. Is that, is that your reason? It's too long on the clay for a Brit. There's a couple of reasons. One is I literally have run out of clothes and I need to wash them all. And the which, if only all journalists <laughs> abided by those sorts of rules of cleanliness, yeah. And yeah, I got to get on the grass. Grass no. court season starts. Got to clay, get your... clay season was pretty good. It was great. And the Federer first... says that playing on clay is is the best preparation for pr- playing on grass because because he thinks it's possible to to play on grass for too long. It's possible to have, to, you can sort of grow rusty while playing. He was saying that on grass you like push at the ball and on mm. clay you properly swing through the ball. Yes. And if you spend too long on grass you end up... Yeah, just you lose like, your strokes. Exactly. And yeah. on clay you swing fully and freely. So if he's doing that on the grass, watch out everyone else, I'd have thought. This is the surface. This is the, this is the game's classroom as far as I'm concerned. This is where you learn how to move how to attack, how to defend, how to transition. This is, to me, the service that teaches more people how to play tennis than any. And I think it's the most enjoyable, for me, it's the most enjoyable surface to watch tennis on because you see so many more strokes and patterns. And you see what someone's made players. of, too. Yeah, because right? you've got to win a match on clay. You, you can't just bomb down serves. You've got you've to think about it and you've got to construct and... It's been a joy to watch so many of these matches on clay up close. And that's, for me, what separates the French Open from the other slams, really. It's also the only major where they speak French. 
That is also true. I like the other three majors where, you know, all I speak is American. Thank <laughs> darn tooting goodness it's the only major. I mean, I, I speak French, but it's all a bit much, isn't it? It's, it's, Here, I don't feel like I speak French. No. It, it's soul-destroying when yes. you open a conversation in French and they speak back to you in English. No. I can't take it anymore. No. I always tell people the best thing to do when you show up in another country, you go to a children's, you know, you go to, a, you turn on the TV for a children's show and they speak nice and slowly and they use their hands. You know, not that it's ever helped my French. Mine has only gotten worse over the years. I spoke to Dmitry Zavialov ah. earlier, the coach of Joe Conta for the last uh, eight or nine months. He had never done a press conference never it looked like he'd never seen a journalist before in his life the poor thing i mean actually what he had to say was was pretty good he was pretty insightful about about joe conta but the look on his face when he walked into press conference room two and saw about 25 waiting british journalists and he obviously was just rethinking all of his life choices that had led him to that moment what has he done for joe what does he say she's done and he's done he says that it, it, it's, I mean, digging through the long pauses and the quivering lip <laughs> and the sort of, the, I, I wanted to stop mid-interview and just give him a hug, hug and tell him it was all going to be okay and it would be over soon <laughs> and he'd probably never have to do this again. Um, he's probably going to go and tell Joe all the wrong things so she loses and he doesn't have to go through that experience again, bless him. Um, I think, I mean, he thinks it was all there and he's just only had to unlock it. I think he's not giving himself quite enough credit there. I think keeping things extremely simple for her, learning that it has to be about her, He, I think he has to make her feel like the decisions, the tactics are coming from her. It's almost like, you know therapy yeah. if you go to therapy the therapist never tells you no it's very annoying what you need I've to do to, to sort out your psyche <laughs> she always lets you just lead you in the right direction or he and then you can come up with it yourself I think that is what they've got going on see I want answers I, I want I want somebody to tell me the answer is 12 yeah <laughs> but yeah no a good I, this is I've always compared coaching to parenting the whole idea is to make yourself obsolete the whole idea is create this fully formed human being who knows how to solve problems and knows how to stand up and knows how to win and lose. I mean, that's what, yeah, I think I think that is the ultimate kind of coaching. And how much was Conta using Zavialov for the on-court coaching through the barely, place? Barely, barely at, at all. At all. I got the impression he, that, that he doesn't really believe in it. She she doesn't really, I don't think it's necessarily she doesn't believe in it, but she is convinced of the merits of not engaging with it because I can imagine her become becoming reliant on that if it's something that she that she is doing regularly. And I, th- I think I think it's paying off. I mean, Pliskova's not a fan of it, is well, she? Well, we spoke and, and, about how that could have harmed Pliskova's yeah. title chances here, the fact that she the needs... Conchita-less- yeah, I still, I, I still back it being a good thing. I just think the inconsistency yeah. is a bad thing. I yes. mean, a ridiculous thing. Wait, so how big a story is Joe Conta in your country compared against Rafa and Roger? It's interesting. I mean, Novak. it's a tough time because there's a cricket World Cup going wow. on, which we're we're actually pretty good at that now. <laughs> I mean, Simon Briggs is all but checked out of the tennis. <laughs> He was talking about the cricket on the tennis podcast. He's, he's sneaking cricket analogies in, left, right and centre. I like that. Um, so cricket's happening, the Women's World Cup is about to happen. Yeah. We're quite good at that as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. So we're unexpectedly quite good at quite a few sports at the moment, but I think Joe Conta makes waves. Normally we're good at sports where you sit down, like cycling or rowing or no, things like that. Where you go backwards. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. 
But yeah, I think the Telegraph are leading with Joe Contra a lot. We're leading with Joe Contra whenever she's doing well, and she seems happy. She does seem happy. I like that she happy al- helps. She allowed herself to well, except you said to us it really stuck with us that pre-tournament press conference with Simona Halep you said I don't like it when they get no. too happy yeah she's way too happy there's, a, per- there's a perfect there are levels. there's, there's <laughs> a perfect what's the perfect amount of happiness yeah exactly. Joe Conta happy now it's perfect <laughs> it's the content that's our that's our perfect level how about Raj I mean how about I mean here's a guy who's so he's going for his 21st major and look at look at him he's a, and Serena is so fraught trying to you know tie a record and go past it. I mean, they have a totally different... Raj is... He is not fraught, is he? He's not what? He's not fraught for one not, moment. He is... It's never even occurred to him to be fraught. fraught. Exactly right. Isn't that something? And he doesn't fight fraught. It's just... It just doesn't occur to him. It's, it's really remarkable. Is it a great mind game that he's playing with himself, though? The whole, yeah, I just feel like I did in uh, January 2017. Oh, did, did I win that Grand Slam? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Every serve. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a big mind game? Is it a big sort of trick he's playing on his own mind? Or does he not need to bother with I, that sort of fact? I buy it. I, I, I don't think he's... I think he's genuinely... I've gotten to know him a little bit, and Paul Anika and I work with him. At tennis channel, and he's telling me stories like, "Yeah, he's he'll lose a really tough match and still want to go out to dinner that night." And you know, unlike poor Stefano Tsitsipas, who was, I, I I have to tell you, I I was heartsick for him because I loved that match, but I loved his reaction. I loved how much it gutted him. I thought that was the greatest reaction. I mean, I, it was hard to watch, but boy, it just says so much about how ambitious this guy is. Well, allow me to provide you with more evidence thereof, Mary, because um, listeners to the Daily French Open podcast will know that I was staying in the same hotel as Stefano Sitsipas. The dream of the McCure double, I think, is, is over. over. There's no one left in the men's draw. Ash Barty remains. Yeah. She can do it for the McCure. There's no one left in the men's draw. So the double is off. It was, right. it, I mean, It was never really on because Nadal wasn't staying there. There was a time pre-tournament when I saw both Kiki Burton's and Stefano Sitsipas in the breakfast room and I thought, man, I could be, I could be dining with champions in two weeks' time. It's not happening. Okay. Um, but I saw Stefano Sitsipas this morning in reception. He was sat opposite me. How I did was, he look? I was waiting for a taxi. He was dressed in sweatpants and a hoodie and the hoodie was so shrouding his face that he looked like a Nazgul from Lord of the Rings he was his face was literally in darkness and he was crying and he was crying he was crying he had his head in his hands he was crying he um, sort of was glancing at his phone every now and then he looked kind of restless he had this tattered looking backpack down beside him and eventually he picked up the backpack he walked off into the Paris not sunset it should have been sunset but it's like eight o'clock in the morning so (laughs) unfortunately that ruins the story he walked off into paris seemingly aimlessly and then about 30 seconds later he tweets what did he tweet matt he tweeted i'm always a loner yeah i i'm a loner always was wow yes and it just felt like one of the most poignant moments of my whole life how great was it not only what he wrote what he posted after the match but then he also he also used the Samuel Beckett ta- tattoo from Stan Wawrinka. I mean, this guy's... We, we used that, Mary, when we didn't get nominated for a British podcast award. <laughs> <laughs> and we, and we, I, see it, quoted, fact, I see that you too have the tattoo on both your arms. We, we've quoted it amongst ourselves many times on our WhatsApp group. But I thought that message on 
Twitter, on Instagram, wasn't it? That big long post he did congratulating Stan and saying this was something he could never explain or experience before. I thought that was going to be a kind of catharsis for him, but it sounds like wow. this morning he hadn't slept a wink and no. he was still completely thinking about it. Was it was a picture of utter despair. Utter despair. Just it was. Was he alone? Was his father? He with was him? alone. There was no Sisi Pasi. And, and it was actually the first time I've seen him in the hotel alone. The whole time he's always been with his dad. You know, at breakfast, his dad would be talking at him, talking at him, talking at him. And Stefanos is there, sort of. You can see him, sort of furrowed brow, trying to take it all in. Really intense look on his face. But his dad's always doing the talking. And there he was, alone, in the McCure reception. The dream of the McCure double dying. Before, <laughs> That's before probably why eyes. he was so upset. Yeah. But I love that he's using his social media to actually send messages that mean something and that he understands. Because he admitted the other day that when he posts these messages in ancient Greek, he doesn't even know what they mean. <laughs> you got to like that. Yeah, he's just throwing it down. There's no attempt to be cool, which is what I like about him so much. Could he win Wimbledon? I think this. I think he's got the goods. This I don't, year? I, I don't know that it's this year, but I, I'm such a believer in him. You know my theory, Catherine. Should I share it with Matt about apex predators? Oh. Should I throw this? Uh, all right, Matt. Share it right now. Feature this, idea only happened, this only happened because I was doing a story about, about sharks, and I went into a deep dive. As she does. As I, as I want to do. and Because I always thought sharks ruled the watery world. And then I, I read on, and it sounds like orcas love eating sharks. Yeah. Orcas are the emperors of that particular ecosystem. So then I start going even crazier further and I, I, I look and see polar bears rule ice but mountain lions rule, rule snowy mountains and eagles you know in the air and so now I'm thinking to myself who is the apex predator of tennis so first I'm thinking alright top of the food chain used to be Raj right but then Rafa came along and was hungry to play him yeah. right and now Novak Djokovic comes along and he has an appetite for both of their games. So he becomes the apex predator, and he has no natural enemies, right? Except himself, when he went away, right? And he, and he lost himself, and he's lost his hunger, and now he's got it back. I feel he is the apex predator of men's tennis, and Serena used to be the apex predator of women's tennis, and will she ever get that hunger back enough? Discuss with Matt Roberts. Matt can barely contain the, what do the you glee think of, this? of the tennis ina- of tennis analogy heaven. That is, is that is, is a brilliant theory, brilliantly explained. So, are you saying that in order to be the next apex predator of men's tennis, you've got to be hungry for everybody and every game and everything? And how do you become hungry for Djokovic's game? Correct. How, and I have how? watched. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the great thing about Tsitsipas is he has been able to beat the best on their best surface. I think that he could, in fact, I don't think he was born to just be a tennis player. I mean, this guy, I think he, there's something kingly about him. Mm. Don't you think? He wants to rule. And that's why, to your to your question, Catherine, can he win Wimbledon, if not this year? I, here's his problem. His toss is so crazy that he can't always hit his spots. Once he, they, we did a, we did a thing. Jim Curry and I did a thing on just showing how variable his 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 toss is. And I mean, so he's not even serving as well as he possibly can. He's not volleying as well as he possibly can. How easy to correct is that the ball toss? Um, it's, it's it takes. It's the weakest part of my game. I'll tell you. <laughs> is it about your toss? 
I, I mean, I've spent hours just tossing a ball up, and I, I cannot do it. So you can't toss it. You have to place it. And it makes me I've worry. Ta- I've done a lot of tennis okay. of coaching, and that's why I always tell everybody, don't toss it. Place it. And is that is it, is and it as simple as that? What's it? No, is doing wrong? Oh. <laughs> right. Okay. But no, I got into this thing with Paul Anacone, who I also work with the tennis channel. Paul thinks that Taylor Fritz's the young American who's got pretty snappy game. He thinks that Taylor sometimes rushes his serve. You know, it, it gets he loses his timing a bit. And when I I had a very good teacher back when I was playing tennis, and he said, "You look at any great server's rhythm." And here it is. It goes down, up, and sw- and swing, down, up, and swing. And you watch. I you watch. You go back. You watch the rest of this tournament, Matt, from your cozy couch in England. <laughs> you watch any great, no matter if they, you know, if they load with their back foot or their front foot. That rhythm, down, up, and hit. How does, is, how is, does, that works because it means that you're loading. It means that your arms are up. If you do, if you start doing down, up, and hit, or but what down, about, up, and hit, so everything has your to be toss the, is off. So everything has to be in the right order and the right and pace. The right rhythm, correct. What about so, all the ticks, though? How do they fit well, into it, the whole it, you equation? You have to, as long as you arrive at down, up, and hit. I want you to go. I want you to go home and try this and what, see if it works. What do you think? Of I told that? Serena that once. <laughs> Believe it or not, she was about sixteen or seventeen years old. And I told her how great I thought her serve was. And I went into this down, up, and hit theory with her. And she said, I'll remember that. Now, she probably didn't. She probably blew me off. But I, I am taking partial credit for Serena Williams's outstanding historical serving. Exactly. exactly. Do you know, it's exactly the, the, that rhythm that you've just described. I've just closed my eyes, and my skating coach used to say exactly the same to me about the rhythm of a, oh, yeah. of well, a jump. It's, I can hear it. There you go. It's, it's, and, and wait till Sisyphus uses his legs better on his serve. Well, and, yeah, because you said you can't have a great serve if you need great footwork to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Which made, made me burst out laughing when I heard but it, that. But isn't it amazing I believe how... We were talking Talking about sushi pass at the yeah, time. Yeah, you were. Yeah. yeah, isn't it amazing how good he is? And there's still like one huge area of his game which exactly. can be quite easily Im- improved vastly. That's what I'm saying. And and his volleys, he tends to, you know, he likes being at the net. And he knows how to get to the net. He's, he's his playing, volleys are a little, still a little swingy. He's and playing his all these doubles though, so he'll probably get there. I think he could become an apex predator. He and Wesley Kuhlhoff <laughs> could be the apex predators of the doubles tour. Wesley Kuhlhoff. Where's what? Wesley. <laughs> We're at the champagne bar. I can't always hear. Wesley Kuhlhoff, his doubles partner. Oh, yes. I'm not as familiar with his work. <laughs> as... Nor are we. I didn't yeah, mean but to... they did well, right, in that one tournament? Yeah, I didn't mean to mislead Indian you into thinking that I'm familiar with his work. I'm familiar with his existence and the fact that he plays doubles with Stefano Sitsipas. You know, this is the second time you've received coaching advice on the podcast from Mary Carrillo because when we were going through last year's podcast episodes to clip for the aforementioned British Podcast Awards that we did not win <laughs> we chose a clip of Mary explaining to you what was I explaining? It was the three your three rules, you got to yeah, hold serve you got to have a weapon and hide your weakness. And you got to hide your weakness. And that didn't win an award? It was not no. award-winning, Do you think down, Mary. up, and hit will win an not award? Not award-winning. <laughs> Officially not award-winning. Wait, so let me ask you this. Do you think, first of all, that Djokovic is the apex predator of men's tennis? And do you think Serena Williams can get back to that hunger to become? Well, yes to question one. Djokovic is, 
unquestionably, I would say, the apex predator at the moment. I mean, he's won the last he's won the last three slams, and he looked good today. He looked very good today I mean, in beating Jan Leonard Struff, who was, is not the apex predator <laughs> of men's tennis. Um, this is going to catch on. I just know it. Um, is it the hunger that's missing from Serena, though? She's just not. I don't think. I think she's. I mean, More hurt than she allows? Yeah, I mean, Patrick moratoglu has been doing a Patrick Moratoglu today. Have you seen that? No. <laughs> Talking. Yeah. You're kidding. Talk, oh, yeah, he's everywhere. Is it just one long sentence yeah. every day? He's <laughs> everywhere saying, oh, Serena was never going to win this Grand Slam. Ah, she's like, she's ah, completely crook. That. She's, you know, it was never going to happen. Well, I mean, I don't think Thanks she's for getting our enough. hopes up, Patrick. And, and she obviously, she's so match shy. It's, it's, she puts so much pressure on herself to do something for eight weeks a year. I mean, that's, that's a lot. I mean, so. if it, is it possible that after Djokovic there won't be an apex predator in men's tennis, and we'll and we'll see more of what we've what seen see on the women's side? On the women's side, yeah, that's that. What do you think? I mean, that could happen. Okay, I'd I'm, like I'd like to see that happen. I'd like the men to go through a period of having that because I think it's I think it's fun. just a feeding frenzy. Yeah, it's great fun. Yeah. It's absolutely great fun. The the double that is on is the Ash Barty singles and yeah. doubles double. Yeah. How great would that be? I believe it hasn't been done since Evgeny Kafelnikov did it here. It hasn't been done on either side since Evgeny Kafelnikov here won the singles and go. the doubles. Barty won through today uh, in three sets over Sofia, Sonia, Kenin. I don't know what to call her. Oh, no, we don't, we I'm don't glad even. that problem isn't going to emerge again in this tournament. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry that she's out, but I, I need some time to figure oh, out no. what to call her. I, and I said, that, um, I said that this weekend. I said, Sonia... Sophia, you're getting more and more famous every day. Pick Elaine. <laughs> and what did she pick? Well, in, in, I interviewed her in Charleston, the, the first clay court tournament, the green clay tournament this year. And, and I said to her, all right, clear this up. What do you want us to call you? And she said, Sonia. But, that, but then for network pers- purposes, because <laughs> her name is Sophia in the draw. But come on. She could, in the press conference yesterday, she said Sonia's in the house. She didn't say Sophia's in the Is house. Is it a keenness to distance herself from the Russianness? Because she really nipped that in the bud in mm. the in the press conference yesterday, didn't she? I don't know if it was a Russian journalist that was quizzing Maybe, her about her sure. Russian heritage, yeah. but she she just said, "I'm a proud American. Yeah. Let's end that there." Yeah, no, she waves the American flag. Yeah, I yeah. was I was I was quite impressed. Like t- today, playing Ash Barty at eleven o'clock in front of a pretty sparse crowd unfortunately yeah. could not have been more different to playing Serena Williams with all the eyeballs on it and yeah. she really had to bring her intensity to that match and I thought she did a pretty good job in that second set of fighting and get it, making that a match because Barty was doing all her usual little tricks and yeah. Kenan she's really got something about her I yeah, like she's her she's frisky yeah she's got to stop every now and then she can go for like from frisky to pouty but then she <laughs> tends to go back to frisky and she's got an interesting serve because she doesn't oh, yes. look at the ball. Yeah, that's very what, bizarre. What is she looking at down there? <laughs> I don't know. It, it looks like, all right, I'm not foot faulting, right? All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but John Macker, I call that I call that match with John, uh, and he had clearly, he had never seen anything quite like that. And then all of a sudden it's, woo, and she gets some nice extension. When she does, in fact... Lift her head to the sky. How many how many players in this tournament has John said the words "Where's this kid come from?" About He's come out of nowhere. <laughs> Actually, he said something great. We were doing uh, the Benoit. We did the, the Vavrinka Sisipas match, which was fabulous, and then we did some of Benoit Pair. And John said something that was great about Pair. He said, 
he makes the hard shots look easy, and he makes the easy shots look hard. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Ash Barty now plays Madison Keys. When I asked her about that match, she said, "Oh, it's going to be Ripper," <laughs> which is just—I mean, she's just fabulous. And I said, uh, "I said, off you go. You got to go play your doubles now because the double is on." And she said, "Yeah, beauty." <laughs> she is so cool. It's unbelievable. I love her. And David's picked her to win a Grand Slam this year. This year. Has David, has, has David uh, picked Tsitsipas to win a major this year? Not I in think the, the, those terms. His neck is only on the line for Ash Barty wow. at the moment. That's a bold mm. call. I mean, he hasn't actually picked her to win... Any specific Any Grand specific Slam. One. Ah. So if he doesn't pick her at Wimbledon, we're going to force him to pick her And I imagine if she, wins, if she wins a double slam, he's going to pretend that that was incorporated in the prediction. He's, he's, yeah. he's a shifty character. Shifty. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty, that would be a slimy move, but we'd have to give him some kind of credit for it. Yeah. Uh, so Ash Barty plays Madison Keys. Keys was good. Major Keys Major coming Keys. out again. Yeah. That's pretty great. Um, and I think she's very good on clay. I think she, I mean, obviously hard is her best surface. Um, is, but that, is that obvious, though? Because I don't know what her best surface is. Do you think it's Her hard? worst surface is grass, and, and I don't know that she believes that. But mm. I've asked... Oh, I watched her play of Genia Radina in the yeah. third round last year, and I believe that. <laughs> I, think, was, I think the biggest... I've asked Lindsay about it. Lindsay Davenport obviously doesn't coach her anymore, but they're very, very close. They have breakfast at my hotel. You're not the only one with people at your hotel, <laughs> by the way. Anyway, uh, the people in your hotel, Lester Press. <laughs> Are they I've still got in Petrovic the tournament? at my hotel. I see her every day at breakfast. Oh, man. Yeah, so... I'm, okay, you win. Yeah, nah, well, anyway. Um, but Lindsay said her, you know, her footwork is it's, it's not yet there for grass. Madison, and people look at Madison Keys and say, she should be a great grass court player. She should win Wimbledon. And, and Lindsay maintains... That her footwork is obviously good on a hard court, and it's also good on a clay. It set, it gives her time to set up as well. You can understand why why Maddie has had a lot of clay court success. Yeah, she has a really long swing on the yeah, forehand. Yeah, she's got pretty extensive swings, and she, you know, but she's got now she plays Ash, who's gregarious game, don't you think? <laughs> I love her game. Oh, yeah. oh, I mean, she's, she things occur to her. We need to do a feature, a Vox Pogmi people, to find somebody that's got something bad to say about Ash Barty. Because well, I, mean, I, I haven't heard it. No, she's lovely. She's lovely. She's a ripper. <laughs> ripper. Uh, so, Keys Barty, uh, the other quarterfinal uh, is still yet to be decided. Halep and Sviatek yet to take to the court. And Anisimova and Bolsova. Yes. You're working for an American channel out here, Tennis Channel. Yes. Matt has been unable to, to get get the goods from Anisimova press conference wise have you had any better luck she's very media trained isn't she yeah that's that's too bad I you know I I don't know if I've told you I I, I blame Chris Everett <laughs> I blame Chris Everett no Chrissy because Chrissy have I ever told you this story no so Chris Everett I mean she's 16 years old and she gets to the the semifinals of the US Open and da, da, and she was very shy and she really was overwhelmed by the whole experience then she started playing the Virginia Slim circuit so she would have to go into this crowd of you know this phalanx of microphones and stuff so the Virginia Slims people would go in there and like cut it off if somebody asked her if she was dating or if she was whatever and so Chrissy got used to that you know that she got protected you know, by all the or- the organization around all that, and then other players started asking for the same treatment. Like, 
So, and I have accused Chrissy to her face of like ruining everything because everything became media trained. Like, you know what? Don't they're going to ask you about this, and all you have to say is this. Yeah. It, and now Chrissy's, by the way, fabulous interview. It does. Be, uh, she fabulous. absolutely is. It's funny though because it feels like it actually is trending in the other direction with Naomi Osaka and yeah. you know plenty of others. And Simona Halep is incredibly open. So and Sissy Pass. It's kind just, of a, a, she stands out as a bit of a. I mean, I hope it. She's she's seventeen. Yeah. It's an incredibly weird thing to do. I I, I was struck by it with. Dimitri Zavilov earlier. I mean, if you've never done that before, stepping into a room full of strangers bombarding you with questions, it's deeply weird. i got to tell you also, I, I'm just remembering, Catherine, Andrea Yeager arrived on the tour. I mean, there were most of the bald children were much older than she was. And people would ask her these questions, you know, so do you have a boy? And she's there like, I'm 14 years old. <laughs> I don't know what you like. She just kept saying, I'm 14. <laughs> I go to bed. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to the concert. I'm not, it was fabulous. Like, so I think we have to give the only thing mature about a lot of these players is their tennis. A lot of other stuff is, and I, I say this with deep respect, it's, that process has been retarded a bit, you know? It's like, so so we, I think we've got to give Anna Samova a chance. But, yes, you're right. She's not like, she's not like a lot of the others. Iga Swiatek, though, is a fan of Pink Floyd. That's pretty mature, isn't it? She, there she aren't did many what? 80s. She's a fan of Pink Floyd. Yeah, that's solid. That's very strong. That's from Out of the Files. Have we discussed the Bruce Springsteen factor? Well, just going back to Anna Samova. It's, it's, the Freehold? It's, it's a great, great... It causes my great distress that mm. she's from Freehold and she's never heard of Bruce Springsteen. I had to break that news to John McEnroe on the air. How, how did, how did that he take go? it? Not well. <laughs> Not well. He lost all enthusiasm for this for the subject. Has he been to Freehold? I mean, how how Freehold much awesome. how much Bruce Springsteen memorabilia yeah. is there in Freehold? I imagine it's on every corner. <laughs> how is how has she avoided it her whole life? I mean, what is, was she not taught Bruce Springsteen in school? <laughs> it's a course. No, look, come on. Some of these people, we we I still feel like burping some of the people you're talking about. <laughs> so you know, let's give them a chance. Okay, well, the signs are better for Sviatek in terms of, you know, cultural education. Yeah, and, she's good. Um, yeah. She's a good player. Oh, she's great. She knows Matt's what a she's... a big fan. You're he's big... dropped Kuzmova. He, he wow. dropped Yastremska like a hot potato. Well, she just went out of this tournament. <laughs> I arrived and poof, she was gone. Um... But it's okay because he's got Sviatek now. Sviatek, So, Ego, yeah. you're big on Ego. But to be fair, Anisimova <laughs> at the Australian Open blew me away with... Yes. How she dismantled Sabalenka. Best backhand of the tennis. That's the best match of hers I've ever seen. That was yeah. remarkable. Okay, that was the first match I saw her play. So that really <laughs> oh, okay. lifted my expectations. <laughs> no, she's Matt be... says she's got the best backhand in tennis. Best backhand in tennis. Yeah, that's, she's definitely part of the... Is she in the mix? I keep hearing you two I mean, talk about the mix. The mix is now eight it's people. It's a thing, right? I mean, Matt says the mix is every bit of Petra Martic. <laughs> which I is like her game. I like savage. her game. I just she's stylish, man. She she's, is stylish. She's I just, crafty. Well, I don't. I just don't think she's going to win this tournament. Out of all of a sudden, I'm left. thinking Martic has got to in with a real chance. <laughs> <laughs> Mary's heard. 
superb my failed predictions of the past. I have so enjoyed I have to give a big shout out to the tennis podcast. I think you're having a very good French Open. I didn't know you were going to be this good on clay. <laughs> I mean, I saw your work on hard. I didn't know you could switch surfaces so easily. <laughs> Not if we. He's all about the malleability. Like yeah. Joe Conti, he's had uh, Dimitri Zavilov in his ear. Yeah. It takes a long time to come out, but what's there is, is very interesting. Uh, just quickly, before yes. we let you go and do you know, your actual work that you're here to do, probably I should do that as well. Um, on the men's side of things, we're going to see Federer of Avrinka. Oh, man. And that's on Court Susie. It's on Court Susie, which is where it was four years ago. Correct. Very that was a very windy day. I don't know if you remember that. That was a really... But that was... I mean, I mean Stan played great. That was a doozy on Susie. <laughs> Will it be the same again? And in which direction? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a bit of a, a jump ball. But I, I'm going to stick with my guy, Raj. I mean, did you see that picture? There's a picture of Stan Wawrinka in that cryogenic chamber after yesterday. Have, do you know about those clothes. things? I hope it he's, wearing, he's wearing stuff to cover his ears and about his face. And he's got on gloves. But he's bare chest. I, I asked Martina Navratilova about that. She's been in one. But she says you can't stay in there for, like, longer than four minutes. It gets frostbitey in there. On Amazon Prime at the U.S. Open last year, Greg decided to produce a feature that involved him being filmed in a, in a cryogenic chamber. And for some reason, he was wearing a lady's robe in this feature. And nobody... I, I, Don't you sense that he, he was does on that a sort lot, of though. chaotic, like, second day, and I hadn't had a chance to watch the feature before I threw to it. So I'm sort of live on air, and then Greg Rosetsky in, in like, upper thigh-length robe sort of jumps out of the screen at me. Mm. And, then, and then I have to do live broadcasting yeah, after that. that's it's, asking a bit too much. It, too much. It, it haunts me, Mary. It haunts me. Um, it, they're on Longland because Nishikori and Nadal are on Chattery. What do we think of that? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to think. If, are, you, are we reckoning that this could be Roger's last French Open? And if so, do you put him on Longland? Well, we've been theorizing that I don't think he's playing on clay next year because of the Olympics I just don't yeah that's and and in two years time he's nearly 40 correct you have to countenance the strong possibility that it is his last yeah so he might they are okay with him playing his last French Open match on long then is what I I deduce from this I love Court Susie and I know that Roger's agent doesn't doesn't mind that court either so so maybe all will be well and the rain and the the weather's supposed to get colder and clammier for the next couple of days, so they want to stay. I mean, I'm sure he wants to play it for sure tomorrow. Which favors Federer? No, I would say Stan. I, I think hot, sunny days are perfect for Roger. You know, I think they're unless it's against and, and Rafa. for Rafa. I'd say Djokovic of the three of them would probably mind less the heavy conditions, right? Mm. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, agreed. Right? I just think if you're weighing up those two matches. Better Wawrink is That's it. a much better match. Much I mean, better match. But maybe maybe Nishikori, maybe but Longland's the home of the better matches. Well, it has been. Maybe that's, that's what I mean. The, 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 that's my and and I don't quibble with this tournament much because I love it. But they tend to. I guess they feel that they have to play the big names on the big courts. But the better matches can be outside those oh, courts. Oh, absolutely. And it happens at a lot of majors, I guess. But that's the pity of it. You know, Roger, you're not a big enough name for Chatrier. <laughs> That's the messaging here. Sloane Stevens and Joe Conter, are they? Yeah. yeah. They'll start off on Chatrier. Yeah. Does Joe have a chance? Yes. Yes. But I, I, I'm, I would think Sloane will come through. Um, but yeah, the way Joe's been playing, 
I'm impressed. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. She kind of is a little bit like uh, Muguruza to me. She can be a little up and down. There's a sort of an up and downiness to how aggressive she wants to be. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I give everybody a shot at this point. <laughs> On the women's well, uh, side. On the women's side. Mary's all about the mix. It's, oh, from uh, they're Martin. all in the mix. I've learned so much from you two this week. That everybody's in the mix. In uh, Eager Sphere Tech News, uh, five love thirty fifteen for Simona Halep. This is going the same way as when Kuzmova played Halep. <laughs> <laughs> you she might not him. be ready for this one. You jinx him. In Fabio Fanini news, two sets love down against Alexander Zverev. Three four in the fourth set. That's common. That's going five, isn't it? Well. Actually, we need to apologise because we have not, as a podcast, we have not covered ourselves in glory with our predictions for Team Monfils. Yesterday... Uh, well, well, speak for yourself, Well, Matt. yesterday we said, <laughs> Catherine, powder is dry. we said if that matches three sets, we know nothing oh. about tennis. And, and the <laughs> final score? Three sets. <laughs> and David said Monfils was going to win and oh, teams man. won. Oh, man. <laughs> so maybe... It was, maybe this does back up our theory. No, whose theory? No, this backs up David's theory yes. that his his um, signs of frustration, his freeness with expressing himself mm. in the Serena Williams ousting situation, ah. is a sign that actually he's letting loose of it and he's feeling more at home with his place in the tennis world and he's ready to to do a thing i'd like to think that's true actually i, I my worry about and this is why i like Paz so much apart from everything else about him he's got a nice thick skin you know and he doesn't mind if the fans are against him he doesn't mind he wanted it looked like he was trying to throw his own father out he of was the, yeah he was Cortuzian. you're a zombie get out of here <laughs> i mean that's that's some <laughs> solid stuff right there please leave my court dad um, no, but I mean, like he seems, and he plays little games with his opponents, and he's a loner in the locker room. He what does do you, all that stuff. What do you think about but, that? But Zverev, I, I, that's, I don't find that to be the most attractive part of his of his character. I wish, I hope that goes away at some point. But Zverev, Sasha worries so much. I think his skin is a little too thin right now. You know, he he gets angry, he gets frustrated. You already asked me that question. What? You know, Roger Federer's been answering the same questions for 20 years in yeah. four languages. I, I mean, mean, that's that, just part of the deal. That's my least favorite thing about Zverev, his answers to those questions. Yeah, the, he's going to get the arrog- Basically, what he's saying is, how, what, you mean you haven't been to every single one of my press conferences before now? How dare you? Right. But see, and Tsitsipas is the other way. I, that's why I, I'm thinking, and I, I hope Sasha Zverev wins majors too, don't get me wrong. Why isn't Lendl here? He's coming for the grass, right? He's coming to see David Law. Yeah, because, you know, allergies are so much better around grass, right? That's, that's what It that's sounds what like the they are in, in true contact. It's a, I, it sounds like Yvonne is still... The, I, I'd like to think he's very much part of the team because he could do Sasha some good. Oh, yeah, I, I hope, hope so. I hope, yeah. Some good from afar. Maybe, maybe Lendl at a distance is the best Lendl. <laughs> I... Who knows? I don't know. We'll find out. But no, Michael Chang told a nice story about Yvonne, that after he beat him here, he saw him a few weeks later at Wimbledon, and Yvonne went right up to him and congratulated him on winning his first major. So let's give That's let's nice. give Yvonne. Isn't yeah. that cool? Really nice. I just yeah. spoke to Michael Chang, actually, asked him about where the Nishikori underarm serve had gone, as promised. Um, he said, well, actually, it could be quite a good tactic against Nadal, so we'll see. There oh. is 0% <laughs> chance of yeah. Kane Ishikori underarm <laughs> serving Rafael Nadal. Can you imagine, Nadal. though? I, and, and I have instantly I've been imagining it all fortnight. 
I also think as much as Kay's got a great five-set record, he plays too many five-setters. Yeah. I'm his, not sure that's his, a great... His five-set record's good because he gets himself in situations... <laughs> he, he's, he's bad at... No, he's, he gets himself in situations he shouldn't be in, and then right. he's great at getting himself out of them. Right. What right. a skill. <laughs> like, I find that fairly obvious with Nishikori. Everyone always bangs on about his five-set record, right. but it's not a good thing. That's right. That's how I feel. I mean, I lost quickly and entertainingly. <laughs> Nobody, and, and there were no close calls. Nobody had to check the marks. I was, I was knocking out spectators with my shots. <laughs> Uh, Mary, I've got one last thing to get Tell your me. thoughts on before we let you go and uh, do some proper work. Andy Murray is mm. going to be making a return to tennis in doubles at the Queen's Club, we believe, alongside Feliciano Lopez. So two Queen's champions playing in the doubles alongside one another. I mean, good luck doing the scheduling at that event yeah. because it's already a, a tight... It's a 32 draw. So, I mean, there are going to be some big names playing on court number 412 <laughs> on the first couple of days. But How what? excited is Judy Murray that this is happening? <laughs> That's all I want to know. This is Deliciano... What did she call him? Deliciano Lopez? Deliciano, yeah. yeah. I, think I, this is, I think this is like a Mother's that. Day gift. <laughs> That Andy is giving to Judy, and I'm very happy about it. It's a gift to us all, though, isn't oh, it? Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. No, no, that's just, I'm a huge, as you know, I'm a huge Andy Murray fan and a Judy Murray fan. And if I knew Jamie, I would probably like that guy, too. We've, he's been and their dogs. We've missed Andy Murray, haven't oh, we? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So very good news all around. That's to come on the grass, which is where Matt will be in a matter of hours, in clean clothes, though. So it's not all bad. You know, they do have washing machines in France. I mean, you could have maybe... I I know, but... Not not always in evidence, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's the Grand Slams. There's no time. I see. All right. Matt and Mary, it has been a great pleasure. Actually, Matt, we might come back a little bit later on today just to wrap up the day's events because obviously Iga Sviatek is on for the the big comeback. She's now she's she's broken the Halep serve. She's serving one five. So we'll we'll need to Watch cover that this space. later on. And uh, I can't help. I love but when think, you guys do this. <laughs> I can't help but think Zvera Fanini is going to five. And there's you know there's still two whole matches yet to be played. So Matt and I'll be back later. Mary. It has been, as always, a great, great pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me to have the two mind palaces that are Matt Roberts and Mary Carrillo on this podcast together. David, you were missed. Yes. But, you know, an appropriate amount. That's a, it's an pl- absolute pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. And we're back. As promised, just Matt and myself as the crowds pour past us on the way out of uh, Roland Garros because players finished for the day. It's finished very dramatically with Karen Hatchinov winning through in four sets over Juan Martín del Pocho who managed to explore a new area of his body to receive medical treatment on his eyes uh, I didn't see huge amounts of that match the, the patches that I did see were <laughs> involved Juan Martín del Pocho receiving a eye drop treatment um, which and we had a bit of a chat about it Matt and you thought it was down to a, a Eugenie-esque racket in the head moment it was a restrained use he didn't he sensibly used the string sort of the strings rather than the frame but yeah he pulled a bit of a use knee 2007 something like that use when he smacked himself in the head with his with the frame of his racket and cut himself open Drew blood didn't he del potro wasn't that extreme but it was it was it makes me a bit sad when i see del potro get all angry at himself um but there's something so perfect about Del Potro being kind of the last one playing at night, soldiering on, trying to claw back into the match that even if he had clawed back into it, it wouldn't have finished tonight. It, it just kind of <laughs> felt appropriate in that in that way, but also kind of sad and emotional. But as it is, always is. But this has been a bit of a bonus clay court season, really, for Del Potro. I'm not sure anyone had him doing the things he has done so I think he's going to drop out of the top 10 but at least he's back and just hopefully his knee's not too bad because he has got strapping on that and Karen Hatchinov as you just pointed out on Twitter is on a Parisian streak he is 10 in a row across two different surfaces because of course he won Bear Sea last year on indoor hard and then now he's won four matches on the clay here so 10 match Paris winning streak for Hatchinov and actually as much as we're treating that as a surprise maybe I think Del Potro the 8th seed Hatchinov the 10th seed but Hatchinov's form hasn't been that great I think actually there's been a couple of pretty extraneous factors responsible for for Hatchinov not playing as well as we were expecting of him this year I believe he's been ill I'm not sure the exact nature of the illness it sounds like maybe something something a little bit like Angela Fever, sort of an energy draining type thing. He's changed his racket, which can be ever so troublesome for, I mean, has been um, for many players down the years. So I don't actually think, I mean, it feels out of the blue, but I don't think it ought to feel out of the blue, if that makes sense. Agreed. I think he just hasn't had the right conditions to be able to play the, ten- the tennis he would have liked this season. 
and as as we just said kind of winning Paris seems to be this poison chalice that seems to grab a lot of players um, yeah I mean he's lucky not to be in the Jack Sock wilderness frankly isn't he I mean, yeah he's doing a whole lot Sock. better yeah. yeah so Hatchinov through to play Dominic Team. yeah uh, and Zverev, who we were following earlier on in the podcast with Mary, he is through in four sets over Fabio Fanini to face Novak Djokovic. And, I mean, frankly, that's a big win, isn't it? He lost to him in Monte Carlo. I think it's big that he didn't get dragged into a fifth set. It's, it's big that he won at all and, and equaled what he did here last year. And he had some pretty big things to say in the press conference didn't he well on, on ranking it's his by far his best ever win at a slam he hadn't even beaten the top 25 player at a slam and Fanini Fanini knocking on the door of the top 10 and as we know an excellent clay quarter and yeah then Zverev went into press and he was he was pretty relaxed uh, and he was asked about having kind of the expectation not on his shoulders so much this tournament and he, he mentioned Sitsipas and he said the best thing for me was Sitsipas's clay court season because it feels like... Slash season. <laughs> indeed, yes. Because <laughs> it feels like now Sitsipas is the kind of the leader of that generation. I, editorialising quite a lot here, I think what he also probably means there is Sitsipas doing so well has made me blooming angry and blooming hungry to to show that I'm I'm still I'm still the the exciting young thing happening in tennis right now. Agreed, because he mentioned Sitsapas and how happy he was for him, but then he also said but he lost yesterday. <laughs> he, <laughs> Just he was, reminding you all he I, lost yesterday. He lost, and, and I've and I've gone further than him here. There's also the issue with with the managers they shared a manager for a while I mean that always felt untenable given their rivalry um, and eventually something something did give I think right at the start of this year um, and that manager Patricia Arpe is now just with uh, Stefano Sitsipas and Zverev is rumoured to be in the process of signing with their teammate, uh, which is Federer's management agency, although nothing's been announced or confirmed in that regard. And Zverev's uh, made allusions to having to do lots of sort of legal wranglings behind the scenes, which has been, he says, one of the contributing, uh, distracting factors in his in his poor form. So there's a lot going on there between him and Sitsipas. I love that Zverev brought him up. Oh, same. Just without prompting. Love it, yeah. I love that they're on one another's mind. I mean, I think Sitsipas is on Zverev's mind a lot more than the reverse. Definitely, definitely. Sitsipas is in his own bubble, I think, in that way, isn't he? And he's his biggest motivator, whereas I think Zverev does kind of not get jealous necessarily but I think he sees what's going on yeah. and thinks hang, hang on. on a minute yeah that that should be me um but yeah to, to continue the uh Bruce Springsteen chat from earlier on in the podcast Bruce Springsteen who released Born to Run his best album and then had a had a huge management crisis and then produced arguably actually an even better album in darkness on the edge of town later so maybe maybe a management crisis is, is what you need matt why are you leaving paris just as the bruce springsteen analogies are starting to flow i don't know i just it came to where have think, they been i've been thinking a lot about bruce springsteen with amanda and Isamova and who i have just interviewed we sat in her press conference together after she 
breezed past um, Aliona Bolsova, know her name, which hand does she play with? Right. Right. Confirmed. Yeah. Confirmed <laughs> right-handed Aliona Bolsova. Uh, Anna Ismova absolutely breezed past her, a match that was moved over to the uh, Simone Mathieu court, came into press. You've been to a number of her press conferences, Matt. I think your assessment is that this one was a, a little more giving. Yeah, she she laughed at a few questions, slightly opened <laughs> up. She was asked about Drake, which she seemed to like. Oh, uh, and you know what that means, because that was the only thing she sort of gave way a bit on. That means that... Drake is going to become, to her, what baking is for Joe Conter. It's, OK, we're not getting anything here. Resort, hit the baking button. Hit the Drake button. Let's try and get a, a, bit, of, a bit of levity out of this. Um, yeah, she's into Drake, not into Bruce Springsteen. Matt suggested in my favourite text of the week... Bear with me here. Matt suggested I was desperately scrambling for potential questions uh, yeah, to I ask Amanda I said, <laughs> Simova. I, I said it's been... 41 years in the day since Darkness on the Edge of Town was released. I wonder how she celebrates the uh, anniversary. Oh, so when, when I got absolutely nothing from questions one and two, a part of me thought, shall I just go for it? <laughs> shall, I just, shall I just ruin my career right here and now? But no, I asked her about Simona Halep and she told me she's a really tough player, but she's looking forward to the match. Great. Well, Simona Halep, who has broken serve 16 times in a row, she broke... Seven times today against Fiatek, eight times in her previous match against Sirenko, and one to end round two. So, good luck, Amanda Nisimova, <laughs> holding your serve. She did say, that was one of the more interesting lines in her press conference. She did say, Look, I'll be practicing my serve a lot yeah. tomorrow. And the other interesting line I thought was that she said she was watching the Hallett match before she went out to play her fourth round match today and she was watching Halep drill the backhands down the line and she thought oh, I'm going to try and copy that and go for it yeah well, that, that was a nice line I felt like shouting out Matt already thinks your backhand's better than Halep don't worry <laughs> about it but I mean it is <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder how that would have gone down maybe we just need to disrupt those press conferences a bit yeah you know just throw her out of a sort of patter and comfort yeah. zone a little bit. So Anisimova through to play Halep, Hatchinov through to play team, Zverev through to play Djokovic. I think that wraps everything up, apart from the order of play for tomorrow, which I can read out for you if I can just load some internet on my phone. Stevens and Conta start things off on Chatrier at two o'clock. I must point out the weather forecast for the next few days is apocalyptic. Oh, is it? So all of this comes with an asterisk. I think tomorrow is more stormy, so I think we will get play. I just think it will be interrupted. Wednesday looks like a write-off already. 99% chance of rain throughout the day. Oh, dear. Um, so Stevens and Conta kick things off, and then it's Nishikori against Nadal on uh, Philippe Chatrier over on Longland. It's Vavrinka Federer, followed by Vondrusheva Martic, who's... Not in the mix, so let's not bother talking about Rumor it. Rumour has it. Obviously, Von Drusev is winning that. Um, and that's that's another stat to point out. Von Drusev, one of two ta- teenagers in the, la- in the last eight in the women's draw, along with Anisimova, and they are the two who have not dropped a set in this Ooh. tournament. Ooh. So could, in, in form-wise, could we potentially be on for an all-teenage final? No, I think probably... Halep would put yeah, Martic is going to have something to say about that, <laughs> obviously. Um, in disappointing news, the double-double... The, no, just the double. The double is not on for Ash Barty anymore. She and v- 
Victoria Azarenka lost to the Australian Open champions Stoza and Zhang. They will play Babosh Mladenovic, the second seeds in the quarterfinals. Other quarterfinals, Flipkins, Larson, Melikar, Peshka, uh, Shardy and Martin. Not heard of Martin. They're in uh, the men's doubles quarterfinals. Rajiv Ram, Joe Salisbury, 11 seeds. So there's British representation. And they're having a really good year, aren't they? I think, I think they're probably potentially looking at... In the uh, race. In, 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 in the, the mix? In the mix. They're, they're in the London race. I think we can say that. Which I think I think if you're in the race, you're also in the mix. Agreed. Uh, other doubles quarterfinalists, uh, Duan Zheng, Gabrovska, Zhu. I, you can see that I've started down this doubles doubles route. I thought they were at the semi-final stage and I'd have fewer <laughs> names to try and pronounce, but I'm on this road now, Matt. I'm ploughing on. <laughs> Elijevich Tipsarovic, what a partnership that is. Love it. Oh, wow. In the doubles quarterfinals against... Kravitz, not Lenny Kravitz, Kravitz and Mears. And the uh, Roland Garros app does not have pictures of either of those two. They're from Germany. Uh, Zhang and P- oh, we've got into mixed doubles now. I think mixed doubles is probably going to have to wait <laughs> because absolutely nobody is listening to this podcast anymore. There's there's one bit of gossip from the Del Potro oh. match that I can't believe I haven't mentioned. Smyrna Halep sitting in Del Potro's box. There was a moment in the press conference, wasn't there, a couple of days ago? And I, I have heard rumours before. I would never, I would never, you know, broadcast such mm. unsubstantiated rumours. But presence in a player's box. I mean, but that's how it started with Monfils in Australia, isn't it? Yeah. With Svitolina. I mean, frankly, if you sit in someone's player's box, you know you're going to get asked about it. Yeah. You know there are going to be questions. So, you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. To be updated on a future podcast when who's, Halep's who's been asked about it. Who's going to be in the it. press conferences asking the tabloid gossip questions, Matt? If you're not here, hey. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, I know that's not your bag, but I mean, I'm sure you could. Yeah. Lower yourself for the sake of the tennis podcast <laughs> listeners. Uh, we'll we'll look into it, folks. We'll look into it earnestly. Uh, it, we've been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with our executive producers, tennisballs.com, with Rio, with a Y. Tell your friends, if you like the Tennis Podcast, if you like tennis, why wouldn't you like the Tennis Podcast? Probably the answer to that is if you just sort of hate me or David or... Me. Or, yeah. Or Mary... No one hates Mary Carrillo. Um, yeah, it's been quite a podcast. It's been quite a... 10 days Matt 11 days 12 days it's been an absolute pleasure to share them with you I can't believe you're leaving <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do <laughs> prepare yourself for Catherine Whittaker monologues <laughs> from uh, from this moment forward no I mean uh, David will step in we've got Simon Briggs in the Telegraph we've got plenty of uh, of guests we can call, call upon but they will all pale in comparison not at all to the hive mind that is Matt Roberts it's been a great pleasure and we'll be back tomorrow 